is the Inside Edge. Your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation. Sponsored by Honda Marysville and Moomoo Express Car Wash. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McGalligan and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge here on 97.1. The fan, the Blue Jackets getting set to start a road trip tomorrow night in Arizona. They will take on the Coyotes. It is the first of three on the road after Arizona, a trip to Vegas, and then everyone's favorite destination, Buffalo, New York, at the end of it. I still have no idea who put together this schedule, Jody Shelley, but I know it wasn't you or I. I I think it's perfect. What are you talking about? (laughs) You go to Arizona, you're excited. Here we are. And what's coming down the pipe? Vegas. And then, you know what? A Monday in Buffalo is perfect. Hopefully it's snowing. Well, that's a good point. Get some wings and relax. That's because you, you're going to need to relax before you get. And don't look further past the schedule because after next week's Thanksgiving, by the way, right. I don't know if you knew that, it's going to be busy for hockey. And once you after that, pack, keep your bags packed, <laughs> wash your socks, give your underwear a rinse because you're going back on the road, and it's going to be fast and furious. So you're going to be liking Buffalo on Monday. You're right. You you sold me on it. I just when I was packing, I was like, this is just. Dumb. You're overthinking like, it. Yeah, you're, you're right. It. You're right. You talked me out of bringing the big coat, so There's I can heat last inside. I can last sixteen yeah. hours. I mean, in Buffalo. What are you going to be doing? I know. You, are you walking in Buffalo? No. No. You're just <laughs> no. going to go from the bus to the rink, which will be cold. From the rink to the hotel, from the hotel back to the rink, and then to the plane, and then home. See that the logic of Jody Shelley straight. If it all you out need your coat to walk from the airplane to the car because it's cold, I get it, but you'll be fine. I'll be fine. I will live. But anyway, that's what this road trip is for the Blue Jackets. Coming up, we're going to hear from Sean Corrali, the Dublin, Ohio native himself, is going to be here with us. Uh, he had a big week, and we'll talk about that when we get together with him. But, Jody, let's go back to the Monday night win against the Detroit Red Wings. Huge win for a team that had dropped back-to-back games for the first time this year. And not just the win, but the way they got the win, the way they had a battle back. They were down two to nothing, had to come back and tie it. Got down three to two, came back, not only tied it, went ahead, added an empty netter to win it easily, really, by the score of five to three. But it was it was a grinded out, it was a character win. Do you agree? I completely agree. And and you know, they've been down a lot this season to start in games and they've battled back. And remember the old mantra, find a way. They find ways to win. And I honestly have had moments early in this season where I've thought, okay, this is not going to be well. This is going to be a long game. And I feel like we all kind of feel like, you know, down 2 nothing at home, three games in four nights, okay. You know, they just lost two. Now they're going to lose three. This is kind of what we thought this team was going to be. They don't want to hear it. They just completely don't want to hear it. They stop it. They stop the spin cycle going the wrong way. And they attack, and they have enough skill and enough buy-in to change games themselves. I mean, you got Nyquist, who's now back and healthy, who's starting to come on a little bit. Sean Corrali with Robinson uh, and and Texier, they know what they are. I mean, that's a line that you can throw out 20 times a game, and they're going to do the same thing. And now in the past couple games, they've put pucks in the net. And this is a big deal. Zach Wierenski is an elite talent. If they could play him for 55 minutes a game, they would. They just can't do it. He makes players better, but he's also a threat. That everybody, Everybody's on point. So 
How to me, the game against Detroit said a lot because they had so many chances. Uh, they had opportunities on back-to-back power plays that, I mean, they should have scored. Thomas Grice absolutely robbed Sillinger twice, and in the next sequence, it's Bjorkstrand three times. And I love that they got back to the bench and were like, stay with this. We're going to be fine. Someone's got to bury one of these rebounds and find a bouncing puck in front of the net. And Boone Jenner just went out on the ice with his line, Bjorkstrand, who I think, I don't know, those two guys to me just drive it. They drove it against the Detroit Red Wings with Nyquist, and they just went at it. They grinded, they battled, and they pushed the puck in the net. And then it was like, okay, we got that one done because it kind of they kind of felt snake bitten to that point where they did have chances and guys were shooting puck high, pucks high and they were – kind of looking up like, oh, I can't believe I missed it. And then when you stop all that foolishness and say, like Boone does, just just, just go, follow me, I just feel like this team is hardworking and have talent and skill. I know we're early in the season, but I've been so impressed with the wins that they've had. Uh, even that Washington game where they scored two goals in the, third, in the second period. And then the next thing, you know, they're, they're back in it. They scored two goals themselves, so it's like, whoa. We're not used to this, and the fans. I mean, that's what you gauge everything on. And and when the fans are over the moon excited and the energy on the ice and in the building, it was uh, it really shows you that, yeah, you know, this team is – I know Detroit has a little bit of the same thing, but last night to me was even a bigger statement because they easily could have packed their bags and said, oh, it's not our night, and there was no – there was not even a breath of that in that locker room. Yeah, and – Igor Chinikov gets his first goal, finally. Uh, he's come so close to goals. Uh, we've, seen him, we've seen him not being able to elevate it over the goalie's pad about three different times. We see him hit posts. We see him hit crossbars. We saw him shoot one that I thought was in the net, and then it turned out Sillinger tipped it in, and he didn't get credit <laughs> for that. But I'll tell you what, uh, that goal that he scored against Detroit that wound up tying the game, for that to be his first National Hockey League goal. I don't know what you thought when you were standing between the benches, but upstairs I was like, wow, because if the referee hadn't pointed to the net, I didn't even see it go through. <laughs> I mean, it was on his stick, and it was gone. And you look at the replay, and Thomas Grice, he didn't even move. That puck was across the line before his leg even flinched. That just tells you how quick of a release and how hard of a shot that was. Well, it was with authority, and I think it was almost like, okay, this one's going in. I mean, <laughs> if I have to put it the through one this off the guy, post, right? He's already had a goal celebration, which he's got to work on, by the way, because the one he had with Sillinger, uh, when Sillinger tipped it, they tackled each other, and he fell into the ice, and it was just, you know, I love the twirl of the stick and, and the, the excitement he has with the goals. But he's got to stay on his feet. He got tack- tackled again the other night, so <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. But, yeah, and I love the play by Jake Voracek. And then there was at a point in that game the other night where I was like, you know, Jake, maybe Jake needs to play. You know, that line, maybe they're just kind of they, – they, they defended the first half of the game. It seemed like every time they were on the ice, they were stuck in the defensive zone. And I don't know if it was the defenseman getting rushed and couldn't make the play, but they just seemed to be spinning their tires. And I saw a little bit of frustration there. But then Jake pokes that puck around two defensemen, and Chinnikov says, I mean, as soon as he got the puck, I don't know how you felt, but I felt like he was, like, over the puck and certain what he was going to do, and that was put it through the back of the net. Yeah, you could see that from everywhere in the building, I think. You're, you're absolutely right. Jake Voracek was a teammate of yours um, really a couple times over, right? So, yeah. uh, But a lot in Philadelphia. 
when that trade was made, him for Cam Atkinson, one for one, back on the uh, second day of the draft, it, it was it would be easy to look at it for it to be a head scratcher. Uh, Cam Atkinson in so high up in all the categories, all the offensive categories in franchise history, uh, second to Rick Nash and many of those. And Jake Voracek, who still plays well, but he's been gone for 10 years. I mean, is, is this the guy that you need? And as I watch it, this is the guy that they needed, isn't it? Yeah, it really it is. I mean, you know, Jake's got a – and we talk about it all the time. He's got a really easygoing personality for a lot of situations that need it. And I think that's important, especially with uh, not just the young players, but also the, the young veterans. The, you know, there's a certain time to be serious, and Jake knows when that is. But he also understands that uh, there's also times to be, you know, blow it off. Like, like, don't worry about it too much. And I think he brings a lot of value in that too. And he also understands that this is not about one person. This is a this is a team that needs everybody, and Jake is not about one person. He's a wonderful teammate. He's very inclusive. Uh, he calls people out, and when he sees selfishness, I think he'll pull it aside. And I think they need that. Every team needs that. So I like what he brings. He's uh, he, he's a guy that is. They talk about glue guys. Well, I think he's one of them. I think that this team has a few of them uh, that do things in different ways. I think Boone Jenner's a glue guy. I think Jake Voracek has. The greatest thing he has is a tremendous amount of respect from all the athletes in the room who are from different parts of the world because he's from the Czech Republic, uh, he, but he's also a guy that's played in North America and has done so much for the Flyers. So it's all kind of built in. So I'm And his on-ice game I haven't even gotten to, but, yeah, that is nice as, as well. He's uh, The way he understands the power play and the offensive zone is um, – you, I mean, you think you can understand it as a rookie coming in, but after you play with Giroux and Hartnell and Yager on the power play and you go through goods and bads and getting booed in Philly and getting frustrated and, you know, yelling at each other, and then you step away and you get to a new organization, I think now that he is the man that's that's really helping drive it with the weapons of Line A when he's healthy, Wierenski, Bjorkstrand, who are two total weapons, um, and Jenner, you know, there, there's a, it's really a perfect spot for him. And it really was a perfect storm because I think of those two guys getting traded for each other that many times you would look and say of either of them, oh, that guy's not going to be available. I mean, yeah. it, it just happened that way. You know, Jake went through some things last year in Philly where there was some frustration on his part. And, you know, Cam is like Cam, he wasn't frustrated or anything like that, but you know, this team needed a playmaker. He was a shooter. Philly needed a shooter. <laughs> Jake's a yeah. playmaker, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you know what? Cam was a great Blue Jacket. And, and you know, maybe sometimes you don't realize, but a change is exactly what you need, and especially with all the change that has gone on around Cam. He was a part of a nucleus here that learned and listened and waited and watched and was a part of some of the best times this organization has ever seen. And, you know, those aren't things that you just need to rest on and not that he would but for him the best thing is with all all of his buddies gone is to say all right you know what we're going to go in a different direction and this is probably the best thing for you and look what he's done he's done and I know it's early in the season but he's closer to home I know that and he's really fit in he's got some really good friends that are on that team so um, I think it's a it's a win-win for everyone and Jake absolutely loves being here 
and everybody that has to deal with him loves having him back. I talked to Timmy Leroy the other day, head equipment trainer who's been here for 21 years or more, and he just he just, listen. He'll tell you if the player is a little bit off or not not a perfect fit. He can't say enough great things about Voracek and what he's doing for that locker room. Absolutely. And I remember years ago when Jim Clark used to be the assistant GM of this team, he told me this, and I'll never forget it. I I won't forget a lot of things he told me, but this one I can put on the air. Uh, (laughs) Bobby, the best trades are the ones that work for both teams. (laughs) And that's what this one is. It has worked for both teams. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about another new player. We're going to speak to one new player. And uh, the Blue Jackets didn't get him in a trade. They signed him as a free agent, but he was already a Blue Jacket through and through. Sean Corrali is our guest as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. I'm Bob McKelligan with Jody Shelley, and we couldn't be more pleased right now. I know I say that to every guest, Jody, but no, 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 you don't. (laughs) No, I don't, but I'm teasing this guy because we are so happy to have uh, Dublin's own Sean Corrali with us here this week on the show. And, Sean, this was a no-brainer. You know, sometimes guests just figure themselves out. And when you have a two-goal performance during that homestand, Congratulations. Here you are on the show. So uh, we really do appreciate it, and, and we couldn't be happier for you. You know, we were happy when you signed this summer, and then to see those two goals was awesome. Yeah. No, it's great. I'm glad uh, it didn't take me, I guess, too long to get on the podcast, so I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, you're still ahead of a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. And the, I, I'm not saying they're clamoring to be on, but, uh, you know, if you have continued success here, then people will say, where did it come from? Make sure you – And this is a guy we could have had on for a number of, a number of reasons yeah. already, but – it happened that he had the two big goals, a great celebration at Nation Ryan <laughs> Arena. So we're extremely excited for you. Thank you. Let's Thank talk you. about that two-goal game. Like, first of all, you scored one in the preseason, and you were asked about it. And you said, well, I didn't really want to celebrate too much because it's it's my first goal in a Blue Jackets uniform, but it doesn't really count as a first goal. Um, these two counted big time. And how long were you just sitting and, and waiting? You had numerous chances, obviously. But how much were you saying – I just want to get that first one. I just want to bury the first one. Yeah, I think it's always the first one seems to be the hardest sometimes. And, and, and before the game, you're all, I mean, until you get the first one, it's always like, oh, is, is tonight going to be the night? So, um, yes, I was super excited to get the one in preseason, and I did want to celebrate, but but didn't, um, thankfully. And uh, I even got some grief for my first celebration from uh, from an unnamed Capitals player. Tom Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. He gave you grief. He gave me grief, and I, I didn't even care. At the bench, and I'm like, what is he saying? Yeah. Oh, and you were like. Yeah, I said, it's my first. It's my, I didn't even, it wasn't, I didn't bother me at all. And uh, the funny thing was, I might be getting ahead of us here, but on the no. uh, on the second goal, um, it was obviously a nice goal, and I was, I was, it was running through my mind to possibly say something to him. Am I allowed to celebrate on that one? But oh, you should have. I, I, I just wanted to keep my mouth. The game wasn't over yet. I, yeah. I was still hoping maybe there was a third one in there, so I didn't uh, want to say anything. Um, but uh, I think I think he he uh, he knew exactly it, and I have no shame in the celebration. Oh, you did a great job. It was awesome. <laughs> it was raw emotion, and yeah. you were engaged with the crowd, and yeah. you probably saw familiar faces just as excited as you were looking back at you. I did. I did. I actually ended up. Uh, realizing it was our uh, our neighbors and family friends were like three rows back in that corner um, when I uh, celebrated. I didn't see them at the time, but when I got back to the bench, they were all excited, standing up still, and I saw them. So it was it was uh, um, poetic that it that it happened that way. 
Yeah, it couldn't have been any better then, right? Mm. I mean, just just the way it it all happens. And you mentioned like the first one was, you know, I I think that's kind of a signature goal, right? It was a dirty goal. It was dig it out, and it was, uh, you know, find a way to get it done. And then the second one, as you mentioned. It was pretty. I mean, you, you, you went at John Carlson. You uh, took him right out of the play. You walked around him and went to the net and scored. Um, I don't know how many of the goals that you've scored in your career were like that one, but doggone, that was pretty special. Yeah, a couple of the guys uh, a couple of the guys came up to me, and mostly between periods or after the game, and I think that, that had to be the nicest goal you ever scored. And I'm like, well, it's definitely one or two. I, I can only think of one other one that might be even close, and it was, uh, it was a game seven playoff goal but um that was probably probably one of the nicest um i would say in my career and and uh you know a, a good one and then we scored another one got the got the game tied up right up right after and um you know it made it a game unfortunately we didn't we didn't close it out but uh fun to make a play like that and um you know try and help your team get back in it but when they're nice ones i guess uh, they don't have an option for me and that's just fine but it was a it was a fun one. You know, the funny thing is, we're talking about it being your first goal as a Blue Jacket, but you can make it technical and say it wasn't because you played as a Blue Jacket as a kid and uh, in the the AAA system. I mean, you were you have been a Blue Jacket. I, I know you were Boston Bruin for a long time, but uh, this is kind of just an extension of where your hockey life started, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. There's, uh, it's not as you know, odd to, to put on the, the socks and the jersey and have the gloves this color. I've been doing it, seems like, since I was, you know, just a little kid. And that's kind of what I what I grew up wearing and um, was always really proud to wear it. And to now do it for real, like the real Blue Jackets, like I always thought the real Blue Jackets did, um, it's it's pretty cool. And it, uh, it takes a, a special meaning to me to, to put that stuff on. I want to go there too because have you scored? Did you do the mini mic games and intermission and any of that stuff ever? Yeah, so yeah you I have probably scored at Nationwide Arena before. Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I would ever score though. No, I don't think you're I a checker. Yeah, I, I don't know if I scored. Actually, that's a really good question. I'm almost positive I've played at intermission, but um, the game was so short too. That oh it yeah, like it is game. quick. <laughs> and Stinger's out there stealing the yes, puck, yeah. and there's a lot going on. <laughs> and those used to be full ice, by the way. Now they're the half ice. I they're know. cross ice. That's right. So like to get the uh, to get a goal in those games, it took a lot of effort. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you got you're seven years old. It's a lot of effort to get all the way down there. Yeah, isn't it? you got to start. Yeah, you got to start on time to score in those ones. <laughs> you don't start on time. The game's over. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the good coaches do. Like, don't listen to anybody. Yeah. Just get out there and go. Um, I, you know, there's so many guys now that have come up growing up as young kids in Columbus, Ohio. They're in the National Hockey League. And now you guys have your summer skates and you guys get together. I know you do an alumni thing. What's that like for you? Because uh, it's almost like you've come full circle. Well, you have. Because you started here. You went away to Original Six. Uh, learned a lot. Now you're back. Do you feel – two questions here. Do you feel like uh, – I mean, obviously the sense of pride, but what's it like for you to be back in this role after being that kid growing up seeing it? And then how about do you feel like you are you can bring a lot more than just what you're bringing on the ice of this organization because it is a still young place and you played for a place for the Bruins who have been around forever? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I think I'm, I'm still um, you know, feeling my way around it. This is the first time I've, I've been on a new team, not only uh, been on my hometown team, but been on a new team, so I'm kind of – First of all, you step into a locker room and and you kind of just kind of find your footing and 
um, see kind of where you fit and see where you can help and see, um, you know, how you can really, it's just about being yourself. Like, like you've been around rooms and stuff. It's every time you go into a new room, I'm, I'm sure this is my first time in a new room. So I'm learning, um, you know, kind of, you know, a spot on the team and, and you're saying, uh, maybe a larger role or doing more. I think any player wants to do as much as they can be on the ice as much as they can help the team as much as they can help the community, um, have a sense of pride in, in, in the team. And I think that, that, that's a huge thing for me is, is I know so many, uh, you know, friends, family, and that, that love the blue jackets. And now it's just a little extra meaning that, and not only is, is, is it, would they be sharing in my success, but we'd be sharing, uh, the whole city and, and the whole team that we've all grown up, um, of cheering for. So it, it just adds a little bit of, you know, a lot of it, uh, of extra motivation and, and pride in, in, in my city, in my city, in Columbus. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's something I'm, you know, over the next few years can hopefully learn and grow into it, uh, even more. I ask that because when I left here and went to San Jose, I always had this admiration for the Columbus Blue Jackets and what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I just think I just wondered as a as a hometown kid coming back from an original six, if you see things already and you're like, ah, why are we doing it that way? Or maybe we should try this. Just like little things within the organization. But I guess it takes a little time. Definitely, and I I I think Jody, after even the first little bit, I mean, I'm super impressed uh, with with everything around the organization. I'm not just saying that it it's it's awesome for me to see that that my hometown team is. is kind of what I thought it was and what I thought it could be and even more in a lot of cases. Um, so, so that's been, that's been a, a super pleasant surprise. I think from the top down, we're just a lo- the biggest thing I've noticed, just a lot of great people around and some I'm familiar with like you and Rick Nash and, and Jared Bull and just guys that I've kind of been around and, and Jack Rosovic and these, these are people all throughout the organization in different spots and different roles. Um, the, the coolest thing I think since I've been here is realized just how many, awesome people are around and that they've seemed to accumulate um, all these awesome hockey people that that's just been making going to the rink just such a pleasant uh, experience yeah that that you know that may come across as a small thing but I've noticed that too it's a big deal to have hockey people around and it's really nice yep no questions familiar faces uh, so many people that have so much respect uh, around the whole league I'd say is is to accumulate all these people is just, I think, a, a awesome feat by the organization. We're speaking with Sean Corrali, forward for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I want to ask you because not many people get to play in their hometown in the National Hockey League or in a major league sport. You have, I know you have a brother, Nick. Uh, your mom is in town. You have family here. Do you have any other siblings? My older brother, Chris, is in town also. Okay, yep. so you got your mom and dad, your brothers. Um, is there added pressure? And I know pressure is a bad word in, in sports, kind of like, I don't know if it's pressure, but is there added responsibility? And what I mean is, like, your mom is watching in the stands for a game, and you know that she's watching every play, just like a, a minor hockey mom, and she's at every game, and you know that when you go home, your friends, family, neighbors, everyone wants to have a piece of, of what's happening. What what goes along with that? Well, I think, first of all, I got to see some some teammates I had in Boston that, that were Boston kids, and... Um, played for played for the Bruins and, and Charlie Coyle and Matt Grizzlick and Chris Wagner. So there was three right there. Oh, wow, that's Char- a big help. Charlie McAvoy, who who went to BU, Long Island kid. But a lot of guys that kind of um, and showed, I think, how to do it the right way. And, and that's a pretty pressure-packed market. Yeah. Um, so I think I think here, even, even being an out-of-town kid, I think 
it's there's obviously pressures all, all the time, and I think most of it I think we put on ourselves. Um, but it's been uh, it's been great. I think it's more of like a fun pressure than a uh, intimidating, daunting. Um, it just seems like uh, we've come in with this team, and, and it seemed like they're weren't a whole lot of expectations maybe at least early on and um you know we've, we're off to a good start we don't want to get ahead of ourselves but um yeah i think i think it's just it's been more of a of a a fun kind of like how well can we do with this thing opportunity more than any um any kind of like uh, like what you would think of as a stereotypical negative kind of pressure at least that's that's how it feels for me so far and it's early um but the the friends and the family have kind of just been a been an extra boot boost and luckily they're all uh all pretty positive which is which is good yeah i think your advantage is is that you know exactly what your game is you know what i mean yeah. i think that you at this point of your career it's probably uh, you're at the right time to come here yeah if you were to plan it out it's really because if you come to a, a place and you try to be something you're not or you try to fit in the team in a different it happens anywhere but yeah. especially in your hometown uh that would be a little more pressure because you'd put as you said pressure on yourself Absolutely, but also outside pressure yeah. all the time. So that's no, good. That's a, that's a really good point. I think you're right. It's it's um, at a point in my career where 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 uh, you know you obviously said earlier you want to get better and be better, but um, I kind of uh, kind of laid the groundwork early in my career to kind of what I am and what I can be as as a teammate. And I think I think you're exactly right. That takes a little bit of the uh, a little bit of the edge off. We are talking with Sean Corrali of the Blue Jackets. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back and finish this conversation as the Inside Edge continues on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. We are joined by Blue Jackets forward Sean Corrali right now. Sean, I want to go back a long ways because you came in this summer after you signed to do an interview with me, and... You reminded me that we had done an interview a long time ago, uh, back in your draft year, and I'd, I'd totally forgotten. It was so long ago. What? and I, I know. I couldn't believe it. He's like, yeah, you came to my house, right? You came to my parents' house, and we talked, and I was like, I, I think I did do that. And I went home, and I did what every person does these days. I got on YouTube, and I searched it, and I found it, and I texted it to him, and I go, you were right. Um, it, it, and it was so cool. And now and, – and I was thinking about that again, and then I was just looking it up. And, you know, ironically, you got traded two times before you even got drafted, for crying out loud. You got, like, traded two times. Your draft rights were traded, let's see, from the Carolina Hurricanes in February of 2011. And then uh, then in February 28th, so four days later, right, your draft pick rights were traded from the Panthers to the Atlanta Thrashers, and then you wind up, getting taken by the San Jose Sharks, which uh, you, you played at Miami and then got traded to Boston. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. I'm know looking. Look, it's in it. Hockey DB. It's all got to be right, right? Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, look I at that. Look at that. The first part of it. Look at that. So my Tell me if that's all right. If that's wrong, then I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Wow. That is what it says. Draft picks were traded from Florida Panthers. How do you? Oh, maybe the pick that you were taken or something was Oh, traded? yeah, yeah, that that could be it. That, yeah, the maybe pick that was that. taken. Yeah, so that was the pick they took you with. Yeah, that makes more sense. I, that's Before not the way it was Sean Corrales, it was the, number, yeah. whatever, yes, yeah. yeah. But uh, Hockey DB always knew it was going to be Sean Corrales. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's right. But that makes way more sense, right? Yes. That's how it reads, but that that's right. 
That's yes, right. one one <laughs> trade where it was actually me. Yeah, they weren't. <laughs> I don't know how good that looks if you're just you being, trade, get no. him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. He was looking at me like, really? I was <laughs> traded three times. <laughs> no, I saw. You were traded twice before you were you, and then you were traded. He didn't one remember. Time. You didn't remember the interview, and he didn't remember getting <laughs> traded three times before. <laughs> so it, so it was a good good start to the segment. It all works out. But let's go back to that. Um, you know, playing at Miami. What what was that experience like for you to play there again? Playing not that far from home, being an Ohio kid, and all of that, it w- it was an awesome experience. I think um, as as a lot of kids aren't aren't able to do that play in the NHL. Maybe as as I kind of got the full college experience, I got four years, um, uh, got to play with ten of the same classmates for four years, um, got to finish my degree, and kind of live the like real college experience. I felt like for four years, and and it was close to home, but but not too close where I didn't feel like I could, you know, um, enjoy yourself and be away and kind of like learn about yourself a little bit and enjoy it. So, uh, Miami was awesome. Uh, my, my dad obviously played there, so it was kind of a no brainer for me. Um, but, uh, I, I had just an unbelievable time there and, um, yeah, I was super thankful for my time in Miami. Yeah, what a great place, too. Like you oh, said. Oh, it's special. It, it, it is because you're not that far away, as you just said, but you get in there, and it's its own little community, oh, yeah. and it is. it couldn't be a more beautiful place, right? Yeah, great college town. Were, were you any of the training camps down there, Jody? Or no. Was that, that was no, after you? That was after me. I was there this summer for the first time to take my son there for a week-long overnight camp. His first time away. Oh, nice. But I was blown away at the campus, uh, the facility, and how they ran things. Yeah. Really impressive. And Billy Davidge always talked about it. He invited guys down my first camp, and they went, and that would have been, or my second camp, 2003, and they're still talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it was. <laughs> I believe so, that. I believe that. Yeah, I, I went to the imagine. same, uh, uh, probably the same hockey camp as your son. Oh, did you? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's was, well run. Yeah. Oh, they, they're like. I, speaking of itineraries, we're talking about itineraries right before we got on. That is, yeah, you are, I think that was the first time I was at least away from home and my parents, I don't know how old I was, maybe 9 or 10, I don't know, something like that. But they uh, they run a tight ship. Oh, yeah. It was good for my son. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about itineraries because we were all comparing notes that we can't do anything in life basically without an itinerary. Right. Because that's how we operate. On days like, you know, today, there's there's practice at this time, the breakfast is at yeah. this time, the practice is at this time, the yeah. dinner's at this time. <laughs> so we can't we can't uh, we can't uh, get a, get away from that. So when you, you your rights get traded to the Sharks and, and then uh, or I mean you get drafted by the Sharks, the Sharks send you to Boston in that Martin Jones deal, which is you know that worked out great for both of you guys. It, Martin Jones worked as a goalie there for them. Uh, you get a chance to play with the Boston Bruins and really not uh, not that much time in Providence in the American Hockey League too, right? Like 54 games and then you're on to the big club and and found a way to stick there. Yeah, I was uh, I I'll, I'll never obviously forget the first call of, of going up and I I was shocked it was it happy just you don't you don't know, you don't think at least I didn't. Um but I was an older uh I was 22, 23 three years old coming out of school. I played all 4 years there, so um, a little, a little, instead of, you know, in the AHL, maybe I spent a little more time at school, but, um, it was great. Yeah. I was, um, obviously looking back, you kind of want to get out of there as, as, you know, move up as quickly as you can. And luckily it worked out and I kind of had, a um, was lucky to find a little spot and on, on that team and kind of, uh, 
know, we had a few few good years, a few good runs. What what is I gotta ask you? What what is that like? I mean, because you walk into the locker room. I I've been in an NHL locker room, so you got Chara first of all, then the veterans you got standing around. I mean, you must have been. Did you say a word? Oh. Did you just kind of hi- try to hide in the corner? Oh, yeah, I was I was quiet for a long time. <laughs> I was Bergeron. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was like royalty around you, really. And and they they they're so so good about making themselves not seem like that and feel like just a great uh, and be great teammates and and leaders and uh, just people to try and emulate as as much as you can, I guess. But. Um, how lucky for a kid coming into the league to be around all those kind of guys. <laughs> I mean, geez, it was, there was people always say, you know, you're trying to be a sponge, but there was, there was a, a long period of there where there was, where it was, uh, less, less said and, and more, uh, more just listening. And, and, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And maybe if I, if I said that in front of them, they'd say, no, I was talking a little more. <laughs> <laughs> you got Tuka Rask, David Krejci, uh, and I, and they don't, you're right. They're public. Uh, Chara was public about, we don't have rookies. We don't treat rookies differently. We're all the same. I th- I was really impressed with that. Yeah, and that was. I liked having the rookies kind of find their way, but I, I guess the other way is, boy, that that goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, and and he that wasn't just like uh, fluff for the media or whatever. He was he was really like that. He would call first year guys. Not he didn't even want to call the guys rookies. He's oh, like yeah. the first year players for whatever reason. I th- and I I've sat down with Z uh, you know a ton of times, and he would tell me stories about him. Uh, starting and he just didn't want it to be like that for other oh, other players. He was yeah. uh, super genuine about that, and um, you know, kind of what he what he uh, said was exactly what he preached. So no rookie dinner. Oh yeah, there's a rookie. Okay, good, good. Because <laughs> yeah. I was getting no, a no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. First, first year, year player dinner. Yeah. First year. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. That, you think that? So would, first no. year player dinner. Yeah, because Marshawn you know what? Let that fly. Good, because you pay once, <laughs> yeah. and then the next, however long you can stay the year, it's one of the greatest. Uh, rights of passage to be the the guy that you know get like eight or ten or fifteen or some guys are up to twenty rookie dinners. It's like yeah, yeah. those are good nights. They, they were they are definitely <laughs> good nights. We had a good group of I think it might have been I don't know it's six or seven of us maybe 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 seven of us which is kind of a, which is a very high. Oh number. wow! So that's a light bill. Oh yeah, yeah it was light <laughs> actually, and it helps with the bill too. Well, <laughs> they knew it was seven too. So oh, they, so they went hard. <laughs> Well, you you got a lot of rookies this year, yeah. or first year players. I yeah. don't know how you're addressing this. <laughs> you got an interesting group here with some uh, good young rookies from all over the world, and uh, yeah, that's good. You can bring that here because that's uh, you know those are, those are details that unless you've played for the, a team like that, you don't bring that into the room. So it's it's nice, probably nice for the the veteran leadership group to have you as a part of it. Yeah, it's and and to it like the guys that are here, I've. I've had a lot of respect for. We played against them in the playoffs and the Boons and the Z's and um, two, oh, they're awesome, two great goal. Yeah, it's it was a it was a kind of a younger core. I think I was excited about seeing what I came from and some similarities here. And just a, it was a hard team to play against. And I know the guys. Some of them, uh, Bjorki from from the summer, um, briefly, uh, albeit, but um, was really excited about uh, you know joining joining them and, and had a lot of. Uh, um, confidence and i thought who the kind of people they were and and i was not let down but what was it like to be a free agent to be able to make that choice and you know the blue jackets are coming you know is boston still in the picture what else is happening out there for you what was that like to go through yeah i'm happy i don't have to go through it for a long time i 
it's, uh, you know, you finally get a little bit of choice, I guess. Um, but there also comes with that is you have to make choices. Um, so I, and, and I always had Columbus circled on, on my, on my list. And, um, Jody knows my agent, Justin, uh, Duberman. Dubes. He's, yeah. I know him too. He played in Johnstown when I worked there. (laughs) Yeah. Dubes is, I was lucky to have him. He's, he's, he played in Johnstown. Yeah. He played in Johnstown one year. Yeah. Right on. Wow. He was easily the best player I on like that team. Anymore. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah. 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 The year before you were there, he played there. I'm telling really? you. Yep. That's funny. I didn't know that. But yeah, he was he was awesome through it. And we just, um, yeah, just kind of went about it. And, and luckily, and uh, uh, like everything, I feel like it just you just know when it's right, when it happens, and everything just fell into place, and it ended up being a, a seamless, um, you know, a couple days or, or whatever there to get it done and, and to end up in Columbus was just, you never know what's going to happen. And with the, with this stuff, it, there's so many things going on with, you know, salary caps, blah, blah, blah. You never know if it's going to work out, but um, the stars aligned and, and, and I'm here and, and couldn't, could not be happier. This was, this is where I wanted to be. Well, before we let you go, I, I want to ask you one more thing because um, in this last week, it was announced that Rick Nash was going to have his jersey retired, and and I saw them playing the video in the arena the last couple of nights about you talking about having a, a Nash signed stick, and some of your Bruins teammates knew that when Rick came to play there as a teammate of yours yeah. uh, at the end of his career there. But uh, what does that mean to you, a kid that was growing up in that era, and he was the Columbus Blue Jackets in many ways? Yeah, I, I've said. I mean, when when you would play on pond in the summer you were trying to pretend to, i was i was pretending to be rick nash number 61 like that was he was he was like the city at some point and at least to anyone that cared about hockey and um kind of gave us some uh, some serious pride in, in our team and our city he was just uber talented and um just someone you just wanted to wanted to be like and and we're really proud to have uh, him wearing your city's colors so um it was uh, that was a, a really we were all surprised uh, by that meeting, not by his number being retired, but we had no idea what that meeting was. And then looking up at, at when Mr. McConnell goes, um, uh, no one will ever wear sixty one again. It just it it was it was a little emotional, honestly, for me too. Um, but so right and so cool, I think. And um, and Rick's speech after w- was awesome. So it was uh, it was a cool day. Because when you were playing, there were probably a lot of kids wearing the number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think, uh, yeah. There, there was, there were some sixty ones out there. Um, I, I always thought it was like kind of like a ninety nine thing, to be honest. Like you just, <laughs> you, if you didn't touch it, uh, I, 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 there were some kids, but I thought when they were wearing sixty one, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, not. maybe <laughs> leave, maybe, maybe leave that to, to Rick, right? Well, there. Uh, you know, when you say that you were trying to be Rick on the pond, that second goal you got against the Caps, that was. It's pretty yeah. close. <laughs> Outside, inside. That was nice. I don't know. Let's not uh, let's not discredit. discredit well, you know, I mean, like look, if it never happens again, it happened there. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna compare it for All now right. until right. you up it. You All gotta right. up the game. And True. when you do that, we'll compare it to something else. How's True. that? True. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll try and do the uh, the Phoenix goal Rick Nash did. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. Well, you're here. You're here. well. While you're here, you might as well, right? I'm sure no. you've seen it a million times. No. You know just how to pull it off. <laughs> Jody already talked. We already talked about me knowing who I am as a player. That's right. Puck will You're be very good. That's why you're going to have a long, long, long career. 
Well, Sean, fine thank, role. thank you so much for being with us. We really, yeah. really appreciate it. It's always great to talk to you, and, and I won't forget about this interview. I'll remember this one and cherish it forever. <laughs> <laughs> just like the last one. <laughs> I'll YouTube this sometime in the future and say, oh, yeah, I did. We talked in Arizona. I forgot about it. No, uh, but it's great, and uh, it's great to see you having success. We couldn't be more happy to have you here and be a part of this team and a big part of this team at that, so thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It was fun. That is Sean Corrali of the Blue Jackets. We'll be back to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Getting set to wrap up tonight's edition of the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. This road trip, Jody, starts in Arizona here tomorrow night. Uh, the Blue Jackets and the Coyotes. And everybody knew going into the season the Coyotes were setting up for the future. They already taken on players to get draft picks and you look at their roster there are a lot of guys that um, were good players they're not nearly the same player that they were years ago I mean they, they are setting it up to become better they are in a rebuild no question a lot of people thought the Blue Jackets were in the same boat but when you look at these two teams and where <laughs> they are record wise it couldn't be more different you know these two teams opened uh, at Nationwide Arena the first game for the Blue Jackets back on October 14th and here we are on the 17th of November, and the Blue Jackets are 8-5-0, and and the Coyotes are dead last in the league at 1-13-1. And you're right, they picked up a lot of salary. And I remember talking to the, you know, the traveling party with the Coyotes when they were in Columbus for game one, and they were talking about this team as a hardworking team. And Torini is a coach that demands a lot, and they've got some young talent. You know, optimistic, but they've hit it. I mean, it's been struggle after struggle. And for the Blue Jackets, I think that, you know, some people thought the Blue Jackets would be in the same boat as the Coyotes. And we didn't really know, uh, but we knew there was more there than that. And you could tell by the the, the conversations out of the room that uh, that's not how it's going to be for the Blue Jackets this year. Zach Wierenski was very vocal about that. So, yeah, to be, to, I'm impressed with the Blue Jackets, and I'm I'm not surprised by the Coyotes, I guess, by where they're at. Because you're right, that's where they want to be. They're in the draft lot. That's exactly right. They they are where they want to be. It's not the players, right? right. No, that's not where you want to be. Right. From they're the in the Shane Wright sweepstakes. Yes, the management. They are right, right where they want to be with that. And then the Blue Jackets will move on to Vegas for a game on Saturday night. The, the Vegas Golden Knights. They have been completely beaten up by injuries. Uh, they make well. Here's how bad the injuries are. They make a trade to get Jack Eichel, and he's injured and has to have surgery. But they knew that going in, of course. But uh, but right now, it looks like they're starting to gel a little bit. And we were joking just before we went back on the air. I said, I think they've been hurt so long that they're starting to figure it out. But that really does happen with teams, doesn't it? It does. And they're a team that, I mean, you know, they have sold-out buildings since they've been in the National Hockey League. They expect to win a Stanley Cup right from the first year. And so those expectations don't fade away uh, just due to injury. And when you go get Jack Eichel in that sweepstakes, the statement has been made that, hey, this team is this team is right there. So, yeah, they're, they're an upper echelon team that, you know, a lot of people had picked coming into the season as being that team to, to go win the Stanley Cup. And right now they're in the playoffs in the West, even though they are battered up. I mean – uh, Pacioretty, Stone, that's two of their top six. Carlson, their number one center or top two centermen are out. Um, you know, they lose Flurry, uh, but Leonard is playing really well. So they've got great young D. Um, they gave up a big piece in, in Tuck to get uh, Jack Eichel. But, 
you know, that's Jack Eichel is a, a rare talent. So they're all their chips are in, Bob. If that's not overused, well, why not make sure it is? <laughs> and then we'll see Buffalo at the end. And during the preseason, I thought that they might be the worst team that we see all year. And then I saw Arizona. But, I mean, this, this team has responded way more differently than I thought that they were going to. Remember they did this a few years ago where they won like the first oh, yeah. games, 10 games of the season Yeah, they had didn't a, make the playoffs. They had a parade route planned. Yeah, I mean, they were unbeatable. Yeah. Um, Kevin Adams, former Blue Jacket, uh, he's done a nice job there. I mean, he has, he's, he's really had to wait for that Eichel thing to unfold. Now his team, I feel, is kind of relieved by that. that that's behind them. But they're, you know, they're a 500 hockey team. And they can win on almost any night. So, um, yeah, I definitely like their, that they're improved. The league is better when Buffalo is better, and and uh, hopefully they're trending in that direction. But yeah, they had another hot start, but it looks like it's coming back to reality. All right, so that gets you caught up on what's going on in the NHL. The Blue Jackets and the Arizona Coyotes going at it tomorrow night here in Glendale, Arizona. It'll be, as Jody said earlier, the second and the final matchup of the year between these two teams, and that game is going to get underway at 9 o'clock Eastern time in Columbus. Pre-game coverage both on radio and TV starting at 8.30 tomorrow night. So we would like to thank Sean Corrali for joining us as our guest tonight here on the Inside Edge, and thanks to you for being there as always. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks Thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan.